May I have your attention, please? My name is Andy Black, and you need to understand that America's healthcare system is broken. They haven't found a single cure for any disease in over 60 years, even though America spends more money on doctor's visits, prescription drugs, physical therapies, surgeries, and specialists than any other nation on the planet. In spite of all that, America is dead last in ranking of all the industrialized nations. If Americans were living longer and had a higher quality of health than all those nations, that would be great. But the truth is we are not living longer and we don't feel better. In fact, we have more disease and live considerably shorter lives than they do. Even their overall quality of health is ranked considerably higher than ours. So, thank you for choosing to listen to today's health update. The one place you can turn to to learn the truth about America's sick care system. Truth is, the pharmaceutical system decided many years ago to never cure another disease. And in back rooms, you can hear them explain that there is simply too much money in treating symptoms of disease to ever release another cure. Today's health update is much more than just physical health. By listening to Roy Williams, you will learn how to support your health naturally, how to avoid using prescription drugs, and how to decrease pain and feel 10 to 15 years younger in just one month. Roy also keeps you informed about fake diseases such as COVID and how to supercharge your immune system naturally and what is fast becoming his most popular show, Freedom Fridays. So sit back, relax, and listen so you can begin to understand why so many say to Roy, your show is the shortest 30 minutes on the radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Today's Health Update. Roy Williams, the guru of good health, the superintendent of supplementation, hoping you're having an awesome day. Believe it or not, a lot of times it's what you make of it. It's the attitude you have toward life. And boy, is that ever getting harder and harder. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean, you, you look at the cost of food, you look at the cost of gas, you look at the cost of anything, and you start to kind of grit your teeth and go, what in the world are we going to do? Well, what we should have been doing all along, and that's dependent on God instead of man, uh, but that's another story in another day. Today... Today, I'm going to talk about one of, one of the subjects that a lot of people don't think too much about, but we may ought to be thinking more about it. Have you ever heard the uh, words planned obsolescence? Think about that. Planned obsolescence. Let me say it this way. How often do you get a new mobile phone? And how about a computer or a TV? The chances are you have been upgrading more frequently in, least in you know, the last few years due to a great extent to the fun, this phenomenon we call planned obsolescence. This phenomenon means that, uh, that not only do technical gadgets stop working after a certain time, but they are also considered obsolete when a better version is produced or they simply become listen to this, unfashionable. <laughs> the clothes industry has made trillions and trillions of dollars off of just, well, that's no longer in fashion. What kind of lust does this country have? What kind of pride do we have? And I mean, <laughs> it's just terrible that we, we think and we've been sold a bill of goods 
that we've got to upgrade or change just because the style changes or the mood changes. This is ridiculous. And it leads to a country that is wasteful, sloppy, uh, disgustingly, uh, uh, what's the word, <laughs> lustful. Uh, that's, that's the word that comes to mind. Uh, but it all boils down to pride and thinking that, well, we got to look a certain way or drive a certain thing or live in a certain home or, you know, uh, look a certain way. I mean, it's, it's crazy. The result of, it, of this is that the amount uh, of talking about planned obsolescence in electronics, uh, the problem is that the electronic waste is growing constantly and it's becoming an environmental issue that could be dangerous when you look at the batteries uh, that's now used in electronics. You see, in recent decades, we've become accustomed to a fairly short product life cycle, let's call it, because products either wear out or become obsolete. In many cases, when an appliance breaks down, the manufacturer tells us it is not viable to repair it and suggest we buy a new one. How often do you get that now? I mean, look at your phones, look at your TVs, look at your computers. However, these products stop working because they are designed to stop working. And in many cases, the manufacturer has carefully scheduled the end of their useful lives to do what? To force you and I to buy new products. That's what's happening. The dark side of this vicious cycle is that we have no option but to continuously replace certain products, generating immense quantities of waste, which is known as electronic waste. You ought to look at it. It's in the millions and millions of tons of electronic waste we're producing every year. And remember, there's batteries in those things. Uh, there's electronic parts in there. There's a lot of silver in those things that could be used. But no, we ain't going to repair that. We're not going to fix that. We're not going to put a new battery in there. You need to get a new device altogether. Uh, but in the case of the European Union, for instance, it's estimated uh, that they produce more than 2.5 billion tons per year. Is that insane or what? <laughs> the alternative to this problem is called the circular economy, which entails reusing, repairing, and recycling existing materials and products, uh, you know, whenever possible to extend their life cycle. So what is planned obsolescence? Planned obsolescence describes the practice of designing products to break quickly or become obsolete in the short to midterm. The general idea behind it is to encourage sales of new products and upgrades, a practice that has been banned now in some countries. Now, I would like to see us kick that idea around in America of making it illegal uh, to plan obsolescence in the products. We ought to be thinking about a company coming out with a phone that you never get rid of or a computer that will last for 50 years as long as you you know uh, make certain improvements every now and then or clean it up or whatever you have to do. Uh, that company, I'm telling you, would become wealthy beyond imagination in no time flat because I tell you what, I for one am one of those people that once I get used to something, I don't like to change to something new. It's hard for me to change because I've got to relearn a pattern or relearn how to open it or relearn how to, uh, you know, get the screen I want or to get the, the whatever it is. You know, it, it could go forever in this thing. 
<laughs> the strategy is attributed, by the way, to the motor industry in the United States when in 1924, a General Motors executive by the name of Alfred P. Sloan Jr. suggested launching new models every year to keep sales moving. You see, if if I was still driving that old 57 Chevy I had and just buying new parts, which you could do back then, uh, I'd be really in style because those are really some cool-looking cars. <laughs> some of you out there listening to me going, yeah, that was a real motor vehicle. And you know what? If it broke down, a lot of us could actually repair it. Try that now with the computers, with the electronics that's in those things today. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're doing it to us on purpose. And you know what? We go along to get along. We go along to get along. So which products are affected by planned obsolescence? Almost everything you can imagine. I mean, uh, as we said, of course, cars are a clear example, but so are electronics, which which everything from computers, television, mobile phones to household appliances, you don't think about this, such as washing machines, dishwashers, microwaves, etc., and of course, software. And fashion, as I said, is a serious problem because the textile industry is one of the worst polluters, as are the toy and furniture industries. You see, they even make furniture so that it don't last very long. Now, I want to cover one other area that planned obsolescence can be figured into the picture, and that's pharmaceutical drugs. Y'all knew I had to get into that uh, because I think you ought to do it man's way, I mean God's way, using his creations, naturally in other words, instead of man's way, using his concoctions. I think God's got a better plan. Uh, you know, it's, it could be compared to uh, not too many years ago. Uh, I, I asked somebody one day, I says, why do you rake your leaves and then take them over into a pile and burn them? And they said, well, I want to keep my yard clean. I said, yeah, but don't you know the roots of those trees go down into the ground deep and wide? And they pull minerals out, and those minerals go all the way from the trunk of that tree up through every limb to all the way to every leaf. And those leaves have all those wonderful minerals in them and other energy sources. And then when the leaves get cold and the frost hits them and they fall off, you know, you let them lay there and break down into the ground. It puts all the wonderful minerals back on the surface of your soil to feed the next generation. Oh, no, we can't do that. Oh no, we we got to buy fertilizer. We've got <laughs> we got to feed the dirt. Come on, folks. Uh, God's way is always better. Why are we trying to circumvent God? And how did they get us all to start cleaning our yards up? Because you wasn't in style if you didn't have a clean yard with no leaves and the grass perfectly mowed and chemicals on it. And even if it gets bad, you spread a particular green color so it looks normal. Uh, wh- where are we going with this? How, how far can we go? You know, with these very same people that, that do the planned obsolescence, that's proponents to it and want it, they're the same ones that will tell you that we're running out of energy. They're the same ones that will tell you that our soils are getting weaker, that we've got to have fertilizers. You see, uh, they use this stuff 
Uh, listen, we used to turn our soils. We used to get turning plows out, plows out there, and what would we do? Uh, we'd turn the soil six, eight, sometimes even ten inches deep and bring those minerals back up to the surface. Every seven years, you would leave, uh, you would leave the soil feral. You'd leave it laying there, uh, and all the, the, everything you planted to rot back into the ground and return those minerals in. Today, we grow all this food. We, we take the soybeans or the corn or whatever we grew, and uh, we box it up in huge 10,000-pound containers, uh, ship it across the country to some plate sales, or even worse than that, ship it all the way across the world to other countries, and we just shipped all of our minerals right out of our soil over to these other countries. Y'all, we got to, we got to wise up. We got to go back to creation methods and going, go back to the way it was set up when God made things. When it comes to the pharmaceutical industry, they've got it figured out too. Uh, you know, these, isn't it interesting that uh, they had drugs uh, in many years ago that, you know, for like, for instance, antibiotics. Uh, they had some really good ones, doxycycline. We had, uh, of course, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, sulfur drugs, believe it or not. was uh, well, I mean, it was a great one. Yeah, every now and then somebody would be allergic to it. You'd have to switch them to something else. I can understand that one drug don't fit everybody. I can understand that. But what did they do? When they had a patent on that drug, the patent was good for seven years or whatever length of time it was. I'm not even sure about the length of time the patents are good on on pharmaceutical drugs. But eventually the patent runs out. When the patent runs out, then all of their competition, Pfizer's competition, uh, you know, whoever it is, whatever drug company is, Bayer, you can just go on and on with it. But when that when that patent runs out, then your competition can begin to make that same product. And since they don't own the patent, it has to sell for less. So all of a sudden, that drug is becoming uh, so inexpensive. Uh, doxycycline is just one example. I mean, you can get doxycycline, which is a wonderful antibiotic. Uh, it, it's no reason that it shouldn't still be being used, uh, except one. Uh, it costs you about $7 out of your pocket, uh, and that's without insurance. Oh, no, we can't. We can't keep that antibiotic on the market. We've got to do one of these new ones. We've got to have a new antibiotic so that we can, you know, live out the life cycle of its patent and write it up 40,000%. Instead of you getting it for $7, it costs you $75, or it costs you $175. And that's happening in all the drugs, in all the industry. It, it, they do it on purpose. And then when you go to your doctor, they're in on the gimmick. They're in on the plan. They're in on the, the deceit. And what is that? Well, uh, the doctors get these invitations by the drug companies uh, to go to Hawaii or Jamaica or, or Belize or some of these really beautiful islands, and they'll take the doctor uh, and her husband or his wife and their children, and they'll pay the whole trip. They'll pay the flight. Uh, they pay everything. They even pay for most of their food while they're there in these lush tropical paradises with all kinds of entertainment for the family. If the doctor will do what? will attend one or two uh, one or two our seminars on why you should sell our particular brand of drugs. Maybe it's a cholesterol drug. Maybe it's Lipitor, Zocor, Crestor. And by the way, as those patents run out, you watch, there'll be new 
uh, statins. New cholesterol-lowering drugs come out that's better than those, when in reality, just like the antibiotics, a lot of times the new version is not as good and doesn't save as many lives and doesn't help as many uh, problems but yet you got to switch. Why? Because that's the only one they'll prescribe you unless you're smart enough to look at them and say, no, I want this one. And they'll look at you. You watch and see. Listen, I had it happen to me. I've told you all this story before. Those of you new listeners, I'll tell you real quick. I had an abscessed tooth. I mean, it was aching and hurting. So I went to, to the, no dentist were open because it was on a holiday weekend. So I went to a uh, a doctor in the box, whatever you want to call it, a quick, a quick repair, whatever. <laughs> I went in there, and the doctor says, what you in here for? And I says, I got an abscessed tooth. He says, you do? He says, let me look. And he looked. He says, yep, you sure do. I says, I says, he says, you need an antibiotic. I said, yeah, I want doxycycline. And he says, no, you don't. He says, There's, we got better ones than that now. I says, no, I've had this before. I've done it before. I know it works for me. I said, that's the one I want. He says, no, trust me. And I said, no, I don't. I don't trust you. I told him that. I said, this is what I want. I know it works for me. And finally, he wrote me this prescription for it. And like I said, it was $7 out of my pocket. No insurance. He didn't want to do that. Not because the drug was not good. Not because it was, uh, that there was a better one. No, he wanted to do it because he it was it cost me a whole lot more money or it cost my insurance company a whole lot more money for the one they wanted me to take. Now they're doing that in all areas of the drug industry now. They're doing it even with insulin and other things like that. And they changed the way they play the game so that you can't keep up with the points and the score so that you're confused and we're in Babylon. What is Babylon? It means confusion. Well, it's time to come out of Babylon, folks. It's time to go back to doing things the good old-fashioned uh, common sense and logical way, and it's time for we and uh, the American public to stand up and remind them that this country was based around we the people, and we the people uh, are getting wise. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, stop letting them use planned obsolescence to knock you out of the ball game. Because that's what they do. How do they win so often now? How do big industries become bigger and more powerful? Planned obsolescence, uh, including the drug industry, uh, including all the industries out there. Uh, they've learned to play these games that are not for our benefit, but for their benefit and not for our uh, well-being, but for their well-being and not for our pocketbook, for their, but for their pocketbook. When in reality, I think the medical profession should be in business for only one reason, and that's to make our lives healthier, better, for less money. But they don't see it that way. They will start to see it that way if you and I uh, gain our wisdom, uh, learn as much as we can, and then talk to them in a common sense, logical manner and say, no, no, doc, that's not what I want. This is what I want. This is what I need you to write me a prescription for. And if they refuse, fire them on the spot. I, I, I paused. I wanted that to soak in. Fire them on the spot and look them dead in the eye and say, I will go to another doctor who will write me a prescription for that. I'm not playing y'all's game anymore. 
I'm not paying all those exorbitant extra prices for something you say is better just because some pharmaceutical industry released some information saying that it was better when in reality it's not as good in most cases, not near as effective in most cases, but it sure enough cost a whole lot more money. And boy, does the pharmaceutical and medical profession like that part of it. So, uh, you know, I'm going to tell it like it is. I'm going to tell you how you, you know, how it ought to be. I tell you how it ought to be today. You ought to be thinking along the lines of what can I do to maintain my health if you're already healthy. If you're already healthy, what can you do to maintain your health? Because you've got to be thinking about that. Why? Because as we age in America, by age 50, we are now amongst the sickest, least healthy people on earth. You heard me. Well, Roy, how can you say that? Well, it's easy to say that. You look at all the countries on earth prescription drug writing and compare any country, even a country the size of China, which has 3 billion people, 3 billion people. We're 380 million. No, we ain't even that many. 350 million people. Yet we take three times more prescription drugs than they do, and they're outliving us sometimes 15 to 25 years, they're healthier than we are. You know why? Because their government has to pay for their medicine. And therefore, their government, to save money, uh, has set a system up that promotes health instead of money, that promotes promotes health uh, instead of sickness. Because that's exactly what our sick care system does today. Uh, and listen, they even go so far, the planned obsolescence into that part goes along with this right here. Uh, you know, it is more advantageous to them if they make sure that we are not staying healthy than it is for them to make sure we are staying healthy. I'm going to say that again. It is more advantageous for the pharmaceutical industry and the medical profession to make sure that we are what? Not as healthy as we can be. So they promote the things that guarantee that we won't be as healthy as we could be. I hope you're listening. I hope you're paying attention. I mean, you remember, as I do, those of you that's my age or maybe a little younger, or even those of you for sure it's a little older, you remember when they started telling us that we needed to quit drinking whole milk, when we need to stop eating butter, when we need to stop eating eggs, when we need to stop eating red meat, you remember when we wanted us to switch from butter to margarine, and they wanted you to, you know, to, to lower how much fat you put in your body. Did it work? No. We're sicker now than we've ever been. There's more heart disease today than ever before in the history of our company of our country. They they failed, but we don't pay attention to their score. We just keep playing the game, even though it's stacked for them to win. I hope this is making sense. It makes perfect sense to me. It's logical. I mean, let's say you own a pharmaceutical company and you have a man go out into the jungle. You hire him, a scientist, to go out into the jungle, and you tell him there's got to be some some way to cure cancer, and we want you to go into the jungles in Peru <laughs> or Africa, don't matter where, and we want you to find something, a plant or, or, a, or a fungus or, or you know, something, 
that will, well, let's say, fight cancer. That'll fight cancer. We need you to do that. So you pay him big bucks, and he, he ships off, and he goes out there for three years, and he roams around in the jungle and starts examining all the trees and the plants and the fungus and even the animals and starts to look at you know what things they got that's keeping their immune systems healthy that, that, and wondering why the shark, for instance, don't get cancer, and they start looking into that. And let's say one day this, this scientist you sent out there uh, comes back home and says, I found it. I found this bark off this tree. Man, this stuff has got some amazing uh, chemical ingredients in it. Uh, and the tribe that lives right around there, they chew on it, and they never get cancer. None of them. Nobody in the whole village of 25,000 people ever get cancer. Now, that's a small group of people for a sure compared to a 350 million uh, population of America. But guess what? None of them had cancer. So he says, what did you find? He says, I found this right here. It's this bark. And they got to studying it. And sure enough, sure enough, listen to this. It had more chemo effective powers. In other words, uh, uh, ways to kill cancer. It, it had more uh, protective cancer abilities to stop the, the formation of cancer and stop cancers from metastasizing and spreading through the body, it, it did better than any chemotherapy drug by 10 to 15 times. Boy, they got excited. The pharmaceutical industry got excited. They said, we're going to make billions and billions of dollars off this. They, they, they paid the guy a bonus and says, thank you. And, and they said, now, you do understand we own this. You work for us. So everything you, you your contract says everything you discovered while you was out there belongs to us because we paid you to go. He says, okay. And they gave him a big bonus and sent him on his way. Well, three years later, he contacts them back and says, I haven't seen this on the market. I mean, it does 15 times better than chemotherapy or radiation to cure cancer, yet I don't see it on the market. Why is that? And they said, well, we shelved it. He said, what do you mean you shelved it? They said, well, we still got it. We shelved it. We're not going to do anything with it. He says, why? They said, well, it's real simple. Uh, it does everything you said it do. It's the best chemotherapy-type drug on earth. It's just natural. But we tried every way we could to make it synthetically so we could get a patent on it. The only problem is nothing we could do made it work synthetically, so we're going to shelve it. We're not going to release it to the public. And the scientist goes, what, are you crazy? This is the cure for cancer. Cancer's killing millions and millions of people around the world every year, suffering, uh, you know, having to go through chemotherapy, which is dead. This stuff causes no side effects. They said, we know that's not the problem. The problem is we can't patent it, so we're not going to do anything with it. And he didn't own it. He had signed an agreement uh, of no, no compete. They call it no compete agreements that he would not use anything he learned from them for five years so he waited the full five years, and then we learned about a product called Graviola. Check it out for yourselves. We sell it in our store. Uh, you got to learn about it. I'm not allowed to tell you what all it'll do on the radio. They'll get me. So you're going to have to do your own research, but just research Graviola. And you, it's not Gravioli. It's not Raviola. <laughs> okay, it's not the Fuji. It's a bark off of a tree. 
but you'll be blown away. And, you know, it's available. We got things now uh, that are available. I'm always telling you about Velasta. Velasta is astaxanthin in a form that is guaranteed to be absorbed by the body. It's the most powerful anti-inflammatory I've ever seen. I'm getting people come in that they're their uh, CRP level, C-reactive protein levels, was up in the 20s and even close to 30. I'm talking in 60 to 90 days, down to 7 or 8, which is around that of a child. And guess what? The cancers are going in remission. Uh, guess what? Uh, type 2 diabetes diabetes is basically disappearing. They're no longer dependent on their drugs. It's available, but you're going to have to do your own research. I can only tell you what Sam Shepard told me. And you're going to be blown away. But you see, we've got to stop them from using planned obsolescence against us. They've been doing it for years, and they'll keep doing it as long as we let them get away with it. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. I hope you share it with other people. My name is Roy Williams, and this is today's health update. So if you like what you hear, share it. Uh, also, uh, remember, you can go to www.nhcherbs.com, nhcherbs.com, and just scroll down there and click on radio shows or uh, recordings, and uh, it'll give you a list of what all I've done, and you can listen to them anytime you want. Until next time, may God continue to bless all of us with abundant health. As I said earlier, thank you for choosing to listen to today's health update. If you like what you heard, please consider sharing it with others who need to know the truth. To hear this or any of Roy's shows, go to www.podbean.com, www.podbean.com. And remember, you can learn more by going to our website, www.nhcherbs.com. That's www dot n-h-c-h-e-r-b-s dot com or you can call to get more information at 256-757-0660